There's two things that we're about to talk about that may seem counterintuitive to most civic leaders. One, stop doing public engagement. And two, your city may actually need a cookie cutter plan. Equitable public engagement is at the foundation of everything we do at Civic Brand. So how are we possibly saying to stop? And we've heard it in every project interview. We don't want a cookie cutter plan. So why would we possibly suggest that that could be a good thing? First, public engagement can be insulting and a waste of time and money when we're asking people things we already know. Those things are often the basics of any good community. You could even say they're cookie cutter. And many of those things are likely in your old plan. They just weren't implemented. So when is the right time for public engagement? And when do you need more than a cookie cutter plan? In this episode, I'm joined by Jeff Siegler of Revitalizer Die, and we dive into just that. You're listening to Eyes on the Street, a civic brand podcast, conversations on community branding, engagement, and marketing. All right, welcome back to another episode of Eyes on the Street. I'm Ryan Short with Civic Brand and super excited to have a very good friend of ours, um, Mr. Jeff Siegler from Revitalize or Die. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. It's uh, good to catch up with you and, and be on Eyes on the Street and have a chance to, uh, yeah, to, to catch up again. Yeah. So how's your how's your new year? Are you... I think you just were telling me before we started this, you just kind of had your first work trip of the year. What are you, what are you up to right now? Yeah, it's been good. So, um, you know, wrapped up a good 2022. I was very pleased with everything. Things are continuing to, to grow. And, and I don't know, the, the message I'm trying to put out there is spreading. So I'm real happy about that. And then more and more people are reaching out and saying how much they appreciate it. And it's given them, um, I think, a little more conviction in what they're working on to feel like they're on the right path, which is great. I mean, that's all you want to hear is to know that you're making a difference. So, but things are good, making some small changes, but generally keeping on the same path. It was just out in uh, Western Washington. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I uh, was talking to my host and I'm like, you know, a lot of people have me come out to talk about issues like you know, apathy and pride, but I can hit on design or whatever. And he's like, Oh, we're good. We like definitely don't need to talk about apathy. It's not a thing here. And I got there and I'm like, oh. Well, time out. Um, I got bad news for you. Like, it's not great. And, um, and we, you know, and after sitting down and going through some photos and like, here's, here's what you're not seeing about your community is like, whoa, like, wow, you're, you're right. It, it looks like hell. And I'm again, yeah, that's, that's right. It does not look good. And we really need to deal with that because people can't feel a sense of self-esteem uh, when appearances are, are, are low When when, you know, it's like hard to, get excited about chaos and it's hard to hold up photos of, of decline. And so uh, it ended up being a really great session. And um, I think the city and some of the um, community leaders were really uh, fired up. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of our listeners might be familiar with, you know, your Facebook or some of the blogs that you write. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the apathy and kind of like civic pride workshops that you do are super valuable and, um, I, I love one thing I just love about your message um, and how you approach things is how much you always kind of connect things to personal health or like, you know, a, the human body or, you know, taking care of ourselves. And I believe you've got a book that's kind of dives into that a little bit more that's coming out pretty soon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, appreciate your, your uh, little log roll for me there. Um, yeah. I've, I've wrapped up um, 
you know, kind of only editing last year and, and it's uh, off with, with my buddy Ben Muldrow. He's doing some of the uh, formatting work and him and my wife are actually Amber and Ben are collaborating on the uh, cover art. So should be any day that's ready. It's called your city is sick. And it really hammers on, on some of these ideas that, you know, the city isn't that mystical. It's just a collection of individuals. And so the community behaves just like the individual. And that's why cities take on the characteristics of the individuals that live there. Like there's no other way. So a community that's full of, you know, people with high self-esteem or, or you know, successful or, or people that are sports fans, you know, it's like that community takes on those characteristics. So typically if you run into a community that's got a lot of that seems to be struggling, that might be dysfunctional, that might have low self-esteem or apathy. Like it's going to be full of a lot of people that feel that way. And that's why, um, that's why it is that way. And that's really a relief to know because it means then that we have insight into how to go about fixing it. And the really cool thing is like, if we address these issues on a civic level, you can improve the lives of 50,000 people at a time or a hundred thousand people at a time, things like bike lanes or aesthetics or, you know, or, or creating more places where people can go and have, um, so, you know, social, uh, gatherings, like all those things help thousands of people at a time. Uh, and it's a lot more cost effective than trying to treat a lot of isolated, depressed people, you know, one at a time with meds, uh, it can all be so much can be done through our, the design of our places. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And kind of tease up nicely what I really wanted to dive in with you on this episode. And so I think, you know, you have all these communities across the country and they've made decisions over the last however many decades that have led to apathy. Their city is sick to say it in your words. And I think what both of us see in our work is that, you know, cities say, all right, we want to do something about this. And so they, with, with the best intentions, they say, well, let's do a plan. Let's, whether that's a comp plan or a master plan or strategic plan. And to do that plan right, we need to do a bunch of public engagement. Um, and that all sounds good. And hey, those are things that we work on. Civic Brand, we do a lot of public engagement. Um, but we've been kind of bouncing around some some thoughts and ideas, and I'll kind of get into a minute. But, you know, I was cruising Facebook and, you know, your, your video came by and um, you, you made a post the other day that was basically like, stop, like stop doing public engagement. And it rang, it, it was very impactful to me because of some, because of, of the work that we do, even though we do engagement. So I guess yeah. recap that, like, of what was that post about and, and what were you kind of saying in that post? Sure, sure, sure. Well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm appreciative that that message resonates too. And I, I do think that, you know, we're still like, all of us are, are still paying for the sins of Robert Moses and, you know, the 60s, 70s and 80s. And at some point it has to stop, like the pendulum swing too far the other way. And what I mean by that is, you know, there were a lot of crimes perpetrated on, on, uh, you know, cities and, and particularly, you know, uh, black and brown neighborhoods um, through the guise of like, oh, improving transportation and, and all these things. And, and so, yeah, like a bunch of terrible things happened. And what we've tried to do to sort of, um, you know, pay for that to atone for that is to make sure that we have absolutely everybody's opinion on everything. And it's, it's in essence creating um, rampant stagnation. It's forcing, it's keeping cities from ever getting better, which isn't a solution. Like, and you know, if we can't get 100% consensus where we can't move forward, well, guess what, Lynn, like 99% of people are, are suffering um, by living in cities that can't seem to improve. So it's a huge problem. Uh, that, that we can't see municipalities can't seem to make any changes because they work too hard on public engagement. And, and 
And there's a couple of important reasons that I think that it, it's not so necessary is one is that, you know, good design and, and like what works in the city actually isn't that subjective. I think what we've realized, if you study the history of, of cities and planning and design, that like it's more of a science than an art. And what works for people is not all that subjective. Like we kind of know um, what makes people happy, what what provides people with a better life. And so that to keep asking and ignoring it isn't any good. So what we could do is say like, hey, here's what we know will make people better. And I don't think you need necessarily a plan to make some improvements. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, one take I have is that, you know, that comes down to just not strong leadership, right? Like that they, they don't feel confident leading and saying, this is what we need to do. I'm an expert. I was hired, whether I'm a city staffer or I'm a council member, I was elected to lead and just say like, let's do these things. And instead they, it, it, they kind of want to arm themselves with a bunch of public support. And so they want to do the public engagement so that it's not their idea. It's the public's right. idea. But to your point that just, we, we just spend all our time and money talking about it and not doing it. Right. And I think you hit on something that's crucial there. Like the majority I've met, the, the people that, that are involved in the community did it for the right reasons. You know, it's like, well, I love this place. And I want it to be better than they get there. and like, oh, shit, I have no idea what to do. Can somebody give me advice? And then they're like, you need a plan. You know, you need you need tourism. You need jobs. And it's like, oh, that's and that they're just taking bad advice because there's not any better advice out there. And it's it's unfortunate. So they're trying to do the best they can, not understanding that, yeah, this, this might not be everything it's cracked up to be. So I think that that is a really, really good point. But, you know, you also kind of mentioned something else that I think matters too. It's like planning is still in action. Like planning is important, but, you know, if I have the world's greatest exercise plan, but it doesn't, if I don't get my ass to the gym, it's useless. Um, and so if you're using a plan as a cover not to take action, you're only kicking it down the road because inaction is, is apathy and action is the opposite of that. Action is effort. It's, and, and it's action that we feel good about. It's like when we, whenever we make progress, we feel really good and the city is the same. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one thing that we've been kind of thinking about that when this episode comes out, this article will probably be out on our site as well, but you know, when we when we interview to be on a comprehensive plan project or a downtown master plan, I literally think probably 99.9% of the time in that interview process, we hear one of these two phrases. We hear, we don't want a cookie cutter plan or we don't want a plan that's going to sit on a shelf. And every consultant, every team, oh no, we're not going to give you a cookie cutter plan and we're going to give you implementation steps. And I kind of, we started unpacking that like cookie cutter plan and default or like the knee jerk reaction is, yeah, you don't want a cookie cutter plan. You want something that's unique to your community and solves your community challenges. But if we take the word cookie cutter and change that to just the basics, instead of cookie cutter, it's the basics. If your city isn't already doing the basics, you need to just do that first. And so a lot of cities kind of do need a cookie cutter plan. They do need a basics. They need to just do the basics. And those are things to your point, you don't need public engagement around. You know what they are, you know the basics. And so we've kind of been thinking a lot about that of pushing back on that like cookie cutter plan of like, no, do the cookie cutter basics first and then dive into the like things that do have a lot more nuance and that we are unsure about. I guess, what are your thoughts on that? On just 
cookie cutter in the basics and you know nail meat head like that's exactly right that it, it's i think what they want to say is we don't want to spend a bunch of money on you regurgitating something you've already done which is justifiable i think there's a funny thing that also happens in a plan it's like hey you know to justify the cost it has to be 300 pages on the other hand you're ensuring that no one ever sees it so it sits on the shelf it's like it's it's, it's backwards and and you know cookie cutter you're right like that's a um that's a you know it's a pejorative term but what but i i think that it misses the point which what you're getting at is the basics are the same like communities aren't all that different if your community is struggling it's struggling for the same reason that 10 other communities nearby you are struggling like i i asked this in the meeting last week like who here knows how to get in shape everybody raised their hand like who here is currently doing it you know one person raised their hand it's like it's not a mystery how to get better it just takes effort and so I don't need to pay somebody a bunch of money to come up with the perfect exercise plan for me. I need somebody to tell me, wake up, go, you know, lift harder, push more, run faster. Like it's not a mystery. And, and so, yeah, the plan doesn't have to be all these things that communities are dealing with are pretty much the same. Um, so it's not, it's not so much in, Hey, what are we recommending? Uh, the, the, the problems are pretty similar. So I, I, I get why that makes perfect sense to me what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, I think what would be interesting is if more communities like got that and embraced the like, let's, let's do the cookie cutter plan. Like, you know, like let's, I mean, if you're completely out of shape to use your analogies, you probably need a very cookie cutter basic plan of like, start walking a little bit more, start eating a little bit better. And then, yeah, if you have very specialized goals, like I want to become an Olympic athlete, well, then maybe you do need a very specialized plan where we're going to like do blood tests and count exactly what do I need and do all this work of what do I need to achieve that peak level. But until I'm walking and eating better, none of that matters. 100%. It's a continuum. Like everything in life, community improvement, mental health improvement, social health improvement, physical health, whatever it is, car improvement, like it's all a continuum, you know, and, and if you're in really bad shape, the basics are kind of easy. But as you move on that continuum, as you get better and better, it does get more specific. It does get more detailed. And, and those recommendations are going to be um, certainly more, uh, they're, they're going to be unique. So that that makes a ton of sense to me. And, and it's, um, but yeah, the, the, the first part is, yeah, it's like, you're going to have to eat less and, and work out more, but that's okay. Like, that's a real obvious thing to do. What we need to focus on is how do we get you to do it? How do we make sure that you do that stuff every day? Right. Yeah. And I think how you do it. And then I think prioritizing that's when I think yeah. public engagement does make sense to come. Like, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think you're saying never engage the public. I think what your message Correct. was, you don't need to engage the public about the things you already know. And so I guess looking on that back end, like once you're doing those things and you're making progress, I mean, to me, it makes sense of, okay, there are limited resources. If we know we need to do 15 things, well, which one do we do first? I think that can be a time to engage the public and figure out, well, what is a priority? Um, what's going to benefit the most people um, the quickest? Um, I guess, what do you have thoughts on that? Or do you agree or disagree with, with that on the prioritization? Uh, I, I agree um, yeah, that one uh, that, you know, we can all look at our eye with our eyes and see what does and doesn't look good. And I'm a big believer that one of the biggest problems that communities dealing with most communities deal with is, um, is the appearance of decline. 
which hurts civic pride and, and really dampens civic self-esteem. So when people don't like their town, typically what they don't like about it is the way it appears. And so they talk trash on it. And it's like, so that's one area where like, we can probably just move forward. We can look at a building. We can look at a Buckland sidewalk. We can look at weeds and say, that's bad. We can look at a, a, a street that's 30 feet wide and say like, that's a problem. You know, and know that those sorts of things need fixed because that's that's pretty universally understood. We we can all look at a photo of Ryan Reynolds and be like, that guy's handsome. Like, this isn't a, a huge mystery. Um, same with community. So I think that we, with those sorts of things, like you don't need a committee to pull weeds. You don't need a plan to realize that, you know, buckling sidewalks are bad. So on that point, I completely agree. Then, yeah, but what, what do we do first? How do we make the most impact quickest? How do we build momentum? How do we get people engaged? Um, certainly through priority, because you don't always, you don't want to take on the the heaviest, you know, you don't want to start lifting the, you can't take on the marathon before you, you walk. And I think it's a really important to, to prioritize those, those issues. I have the same 10 trite analogies that I just roll out time to time again, but whatever. Yeah. No. <laughs> They're the basics, right? They're the cookie sure. cutter analogies. They work. So until people That's do true. them all, keep rolling them out. Um, people like pizza and beer, you know, they just like pizza and beer. Sometimes it's not that hard to figure out how to host a party. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, to me, like even the the workshops that you do, the Civic Pride workshops, to me, that is also public engagement. And so I, I guess for the people that, that, um, here don't do public engagement and they're like shocked by that statement. I think just breaking that down even a little further, like, again, what you're saying and what we're saying is public engagement is almost insulting when you're just asking people things that they are, you already know the answer to Correct. Where public engagement is not insulting. I think, and is effective is when you're doing it in a way that inspires people. So whether it's through like your workshops or whether it's helping prioritize things and, and assigning tasks and, and and by putting them into writing, they become the law of the land that staff has to then follow. Like that type of engagement to me is still very valid. It makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's, yes. The whole like put up a sticky note and let's all agree that this picture looks the prettiest and then, you know, then we'll do the same thing in 10 years. That is right. That's a little insulting and, and no wonder that people don't show up for that. But if it's like, hey, here's a common vision, you know, or, or here's the truth, or we need to work together. You know, if we buy into a, a shared idea uh, of that's, that's worthwhile. Like that's, that is what we need. We need to, and when I do it, it's try to, to sort of, it's try to demonstrate people like, Hey, let's look at it this a different way. Let's, let's sort of get excited about um, a new way of approaching um, community improvement. And that, that makes a difference. So the communities you've worked with and kind of done the civic pride workshops, I mean, what are some of the like wins that you've, you've seen come out of that? Like some of the actions and, and things that people take. Um, so I, I do, I've been getting more and more feedback lately and it's, it's felt great. Honestly, it's been very satisfying to, uh, to hear them say like it, it changed the way our community operated and that we've you know been much more willing to push forward faster. Uh, one of my favorites was a story. We had a um, long conversation in Hattiesburg, Mississippi about standards and about they had taken the real common approach of, well, let's lower standards to make it easier for people to do business here. You know, and that's, that's a real common thing. Like, Hey, we want investors here. We want people to, to you know, uh, invest in real estate. So we don't want any red tape. And we had to talk about how that's a bit backwards. Like 
standard, high standards attract quality, you know, or, or built around like Harvard doesn't lack applicants. People will all good people will always be attracted to high standards because there's, you know, it's, it's, it's a sign of success. So we talked a lot about that. And at one point during the meeting, uh, a banker turns to the mayor and says, I won't fund another deal until we start enforcing the building codes. And it was like, whoa. And the mayor's like, cool. That's all I needed to know. Six months later, a guy on the planning board called me and he said, hey, we just had a project proposed downtown. It was like a $30 million project. The planning board is like, at first they're like, yes, yes, yes. Like, holy shit, I can't believe this all in. And I said, wait, let's look at the project and decide if it's good enough. Right. Uh, And they found some places where it wasn't good enough. It was, you know, they were just swipe right, swipe right. Like, who cares? Yeah. Uh, and then like, and then they stopped and said, no, we want this change, that change, and this change. They upheld their own standards. And the developer came back and said, yeah, I'll, I'll do all of that. I love yeah. that story. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's such a good example because it is true that I think, you know, it's kind of like lowering prices, right? It, it's a desperate kind of race to the bottom. If you're just lowering your standards, lowering your prices, and you can see how people fall into that trap because they're like, if we have lower standards, more people will be coming. Um, but at the same time, I mean, like humans, I feel like we despise, like we like reject the like desperation. Like if somebody feels desperate, like you don't want to work with it. And it's ironic, you know I mean? If you can, and that's why like the whole, like fake it till you make it kind of phrase works is like somebody who's confident and, you know, they could be doing nothing, but you want to work with them and you want to be around them. A community that looks like they have their act together people are attracted to that and drawn to that. Why do they want to invest in a place that, you know, their neighbors are going to come in and and look terrible? Yeah. And this is really like full circle about how communities behave like people. That's such a good point. Because right. When you lower your standards, your self-esteem goes down, you grow more desperate, you accept less. And and it's the sort of never ending cycle of of decline to where you feel terrible about yourself and then you get mistreated. Um, cause you think you deserve it. And, and I talk to communities that like us all the time. They don't think they deserve better when that's outrageous because everybody in that community individually wants more. Like I've yet to run into a community full of people that like lousy things yet. I've worked with a hundred communities that are convinced that they collectively just really like lousy things. Right. And so that's, that's the low self-esteem they get into, but you're right. Like raise standards, you know, realize that you all I've, Again, I've never been in a room with people where I say, hey, would you like a really pretty downtown and, and you know, a lot of local development and a walkable place and, and flowers everywhere and cute little shops? Like everybody raises their hands. That's what everybody wants because we're human. So this stuff isn't a mystery. If you continue to do things that people, if you do things that you want, like no individual is that different from somebody else. So you know, if we continue to do the things that it's like, well, I think that's pretty, probably other people do. But if we keep pushing forward, raise standards, do things, you know, make things nicer, everybody benefits. And then you start to raise that self-esteem and, and, then, and then the community start to believe in themselves and feel themselves worthy of, of investment. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about or topics you want to go into or no, I think like this is the big one. It's, it's yeah. the one that's been on my mind a ton lately and that I'm sort of obsessed about is how can we do a better job? Like so many people want to make their communities better. They get involved somehow and then they're just pushed in this place of stagnation where it's and bad advice. And I think it's just critical that we get through that, that we get to a place now where like, hey, 
we don't have to spend quite so much time on 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 the public input part there's a certain amount that we can do just by moving forward like again it's more of a science than an art right um people want to feel a sense of connection they want better public space they deserve better public space they they deserve pretty environments and quality materials and if you do that stuff um you're going to reap the rewards and and so i i'd like having this conversation and hope that that and and hope that more people start to realize that, that we can make things better without a committee. Yeah. Well, and as you just said that, I just was reminded of something that I remind myself of a lot and think about just from like running our own firm and, and managing employees and staff. And that's afraid. I can't remember who, where I originally heard this, but it's that it's a phrase that you can't inspire people, but you can uninspire them. And so <laughs> from a management standpoint, I take that as, you know, you hire an employee, like, it's not, I can't really inspire them. They need to be inspired on their own. They need to come with like, they want to make change. They want to do good work, but I can, as their boss, tell them no to that idea, no to this project, put these constraints to where eventually they just get uninspired and drift away and eventually leave. And I think residents and people who run for council, they're probably the same way. Like they are inspired. That's why they're in those roles. They want to make a difference. And you do a lot of work with consulting with boards um, and mm-hmm. and I think you probably see the same thing there. It's like they are inspired. They joined that board and then nothing happens and they become slowly uninspired and it yeah. does nothing. I, I think that's a great point. And, and one thing I'd add to that is kind of the last thought is that there's no shortcut around effort. There's simply nothing that you can do in this world that, that brings about improvement that doesn't require effort. You cannot get healthier without putting in your own effort. You can't learn the guitar without putting in your own effort. You can't even get smart without putting in effort. So to think that your community will somehow get better without effort is nonsense. A plan won't do it. Some project and an outside developer comes in and won't do it. Like it's, it's a simple matter of fact that the only way that your community is going to get better if a bunch of people collectively put in an effort to make it a little bit better. And that's, that's a universal truth. And so remember that, that, that even the perfect plan, um, won't make difference if it doesn't result in the community putting an effort to get better right awesome cool well thanks jeff thanks for coming on and chatting with us um you know anybody that wants to find jeff you know all revitalizer die or jeff siegler on all the different social channels it's revitalizerdie.com and look for his book coming out soonish right soonish yeah <laughs> awesome thanks jeff thanks